This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because, because now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the NH Experience here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on the planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. A whole lot to tap into on this episode. I'm Nick Hamilton alongside, of course, I can't do this by myself, Ari Rose. What's going on? Hey, Nick, do you, you know when you speak, like your eyebrows talk for you? <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> you guys, we need to get a clip of it. Okay, sorry. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good night, yo. We are here. I'm gonna get Jake to get us a clip of this because it, ladies, you've got to see this, ladies. You've got to see this. Okay, sorry. Moving on. Welcome, Jake. How you doing today? You read it. I'm really good now, but <laughs> I'm very entertained already. I'm 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 solid. <laughs> You know, I, I I didn't know you could uh you were the eyebrow whisperer that you can figure out people can talk with their eyebrows. <laughs> but that's a talent I didn't know you had, but it's it's an asset that's valuable. So thank you for that. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Well, what's going on, y'all? We got definitely got a great show, so let's get started. If it's going on in the world of sports and entertainment, you know Nick Hamilton is gonna speak on it. It's time to get it popping. All right, so let me ask you this. Most people are willing to sacrifice something, whether it's time, whether it's effort, whether it's money, whether it's sometimes even people. But for Brandon Staley, he was willing to sacrifice his franchise quarterback on Sunday, even though they got the ass kicking of epic proportion. Mm. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the Jacksonville Jaguars came into SoFi Stadium. Obviously, they were not the favorite. The, the, the Chargers were the favorite. I believe it was like a four-and-a-half-point favorite uh, coming into the game. Obviously, we knew that the condition of Justin Herbert would not be 100%. But why on earth would you make the, the, the blood sac- the blood lamb sacrifice of putting your quarterback out there in harm's way, knowing that he's not 100%, knowing that he's not even 70% or even 65% healthy because of the rib injury that he suffered just, a, a, what was it, about nine or 10 days prior against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, to me, I thought it was the most bonehead move that you could make as a head coach because there's no way in week three that you're going to sacrifice your quarterback. Obviously, we know how much how talented Justin Herbert is. We know how much heart he has. We know he was willing to even go out there and told his coach, look, coach, I'm ready to go. I could go out there and I could perform, which is absolutely astonishing. I have the ultimate respect for Justin Herbert. But oftentimes, you have to save players from themselves. And that's what I mean. Brandon Staley needs to grow a pair and realize, and he, and, he, and realize that you have to save your players from themselves. He said in a post-game press conference that Justin wanted to go. He told him he wanted to go. What was he supposed to say? No. Yeah, Brandon, that's exactly what you say. No. Sit this one out. You are in week three. There, is, there are about 14 to 15 more games to go in this season. It's not like you're at week 13 fighting for playoff position. Then I can kind of understand your method for wanting to put Justin Herbert out there, even though he wasn't 100%. I totally get that. But the fact remains, you still got your ass kicked 38 to 10, even with Justin Herbert being out there. And thank God he didn't suffer any more injuries or get cracked by the Jacksonville defense because 
they were swarming on him all day long. I told people before, I called the upset. I said Jacksonville is going to beat the Chargers. Why? One, Justin Herbert is not healthy. Two, we didn't know the status of Keenan Allen or J.C. Jackson for that matter. And then Donald Parham was also out. So that was the wackiest game that I saw, one of them, I should say, I saw this weekend. So, again, I still question the head coaching styles of Brandon Stanley. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a, a really excellent defensive coordinator. But as far as the head coach is concerned, this is the second time. Obviously, last week with Gerald Everett waving to get out of the game, and he completely ignored that. Come on, man. You got to do better than that. This is your second year as a head coach. And I know, Jake, you're a Chargers fan, but come on, man. This is ridiculous. Isn't isn't there supposed like isn't there like a law or shouldn't there be a law in place that says if you are not at least 90 percent, you get what I'm saying? Like there has to be something. I understand the heart. I understand the dedication. I, I understand that. I also read a ton of articles that said, you know, that he was the one that wanted to get put back in the game understand that but shouldn't there be some type of law or something where it's like unless you are released by the doctor at 90 percent, you cannot go out there well here's the tricky part about that because what if you're not 100 percent or 90 percent, but you can still go because maybe you're still at 60 maybe you're still at, at 70 but but you're still willing to go three is sounds dumb well here's the thing this is, these are why the greats don't do that. You look at Andy Reid. You think Andy Reid, if Pat Mahomes was in that similar position, you think Andy Reid would allow Pat Mahomes to play in week three in a game, even though it would be one and two? No. Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson, a lot of the greats, Big Tuna, a lot of the great coaches would not allow their star players in such an early in the, in the season type of game. You still finished one and two. So even if you put Chase Daniel in as your backup quarterback and you still lost, you're one and two. It's week three. You're not again. It's not week 13. I would have understood that more if it was closer to the playoffs as you're trying to make that playoff push. Let's say after Thanksgiving going into December. Yeah, those games matter. I mean, I get it. but Jake, what's your input? It's plain and simple. Staley doesn't have the cojones to tell him you're not playing. You know, of course, if you're a gamer and you you want to ball out you you know you have the passion you don't want to sit on the sideline i get the intensity and the passion of herbert but herbert also has to understand you know he's the franchise player you got to heal but it's on the head coach to tell him you can't play you're not ready we need you down the road cuz this team is expected to do great things this season and because of doing that they could have put him in more jeopardy so you need, as a head coach, to have the balls to say, look, you got to sit this one out. We're protecting you. You know, we'll be okay. This division isn't as strong as we think it is. You need to sit it out. And, and, and that's how it is. But, no, he let his player take his destiny to his own hands and underperformed immensely, and that's why they got whooped. Yeah, well, I, is, is, is Mr. Brady healthy? And what I mean is Mr. Brady went to Green no. Bay. Mm. No. No, Mr. Brady is in a lover's quarrel. Yes. His head is not right. Mm-mm. He is not released from the bedroom at night. <laughs> oh, I got bored. <laughs> so this is why he is not performing. Ooh, this could be a commercial for a blue pill or something. <laughs> it sounds like Cialis. <laughs> <laughs> like he might pill box over there. <laughs> you guys. Having problems at home really does affect people's work life. Oh, I and know. I think that's 
happening. And yesterday was the first time that his wife did not show up to the game. And his daughters were there, but his wife was absent. And I think that has a lot of impact to how you perform as well as a person. Well, here's what I'm also going to say, too. On the field, he didn't have Chris Godwin. He didn't have Mike Evans, who are his two top wide receivers. So that didn't help. Obviously, the O-line looked shakier than the California earthquake because he didn't have the top-notch O-line either. And you're playing at Green Bay, at Lambeau, against a guy who's trying to prove and lost his playmaker, as I mentioned last week. He's trying to prove something in Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers made sure he was at home. He was comfortable. He made sure he performed the right throws. And, yes, it was 14-3 to three for like three and a half quarters um, until the, the Tampa Bay Bucks decided that they decided they wanted to play, but time wasn't enough. Um, and they lost 14-12, obviously, on Sunday. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think mentally he's not there. Nope. He's going to struggle. And, yes, he's going to get Chris Godwin back next week. He's going to get Mike Evans back next week. But will that even matter because of what he's going through at home as he said, he got a lot of ish going on. And when he talked about it in during training camp and in the preseason, I should say, when he made that statement, and it's absolutely correct. And that's why he came out and said, this would probably be my last year coming into, you know, playing football because he basically lied to Giselle and said, hey, I'm going to retire. And then like four to five weeks later, said I'm coming back. And here's a, here's a, a question too, right? It's like, again, making laws and things like that. It's like, at what point is it too old to get out of the game where it's like, you know, like there has to be a term. Like if you've already played 10 years, it's almost like a presidential term. You can serve two terms, eight years, or you're about to have a heart attack from all the stress of being a president. (laughs) It's the same thing as football. Like he is 45 freaking years old. My body is a 40 year old. I couldn't even take all those hits like he's taken. I think he could take the hits and I think he could still perform at a decently high level. It's all mental. You can see it in, he looks gaunt in the face. He looks like he hasn't slept. And that's all marital problems. I know I was married 22 years and my face looked like that, minus the skinny part. But my face used to look like that all the time because I was stressed out at home. That man's got everything going on. He lied, but he probably got a taste of carpooling with the kids, taking them to school, having to feed them. He's like, I don't want that. Let me get one more year, then I'll be ready. Something ain't right at home. That's exactly what it is. I don't care what anyone says. Well, he's performing on he's performing on the field, but apparently not performing enough off the field. Hey-o. Speaking of performing, <laughs> uh, speaking of performance on the field, I mean the fourth quarter against the Colts against the Kansas City Ooh. Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Finally, the Colts get a win at the expense of the Kansas City Chiefs, who had to fight from behind. And the Colts defense really stepped up on the last drive in the third on third down and especially fourth down, which was actually surprising. That, to me, when Ari hit me up, she was like, hey, they just won. And I'm like, who? Because I'm thinking the Kansas City Chiefs. Nope. It was the the, 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 the shared of a quarterback known as Matt Ryan, <laughs> formerly known as Matty Ice, actually got the Colts into the W column. Shocker. <laughs> Imagine that. Great freaking game. Great game. Let's talk about my Niners, though. <laughs> you really want to do that? I, I got you. Really want to? Yeah, my, you really want to do that? My mom's a Niners fan, and I've been letting her have it. So let's go. I'm down. Let's do this. I'm so devastated. <laughs> you Only should be. I mean, can 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 we trade him for Derek Carr? 
<laughs> why? Why would you? Why? What? Yeah. You you go you go from you, he was yesterday. Oh. So what? You want to go from sugar to ish? Is that what you're telling me? Because <laughs> the because the Raiders are zero three. If you haven't noticed, I know that. I know that. I hate the Raiders. I'm being that dramatic, and I hate <laughs> so much as a Niner fan oh that God. I would take Derek Carr at this point. Listen, wow, you guys, the, the, listen, the Niners offense did not click the way that it was supposed to. First of all, that was probably one of the most boring games oh on Sunday night gosh. football that we witnessed a lot in, in, in a long time. And listen, when you look at what the Broncos did with with my man Dangerous Russell Wilson. You can see flashes of what that offense could potentially be like in Denver if they continue to click and continue to, to gel the way they need to do. Now, I think that I, I said this before. The defense, to me, looks extremely much looks much improved from last season. I think that defense is the one that pretty much saved them. But if offensively, if they could get it together and they can figure out a way, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Denver Broncos signed Russell Wilson to a, an extension because they know it's going to take beyond a year. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. And they understand that. There's not a lot of high expectations with this team. If they happen to fall into a wild card, great. If they don't, great. It doesn't matter. They understand they're trying to build something there. Um, and they're trying to build something special in Denver with Russell Wilson because they finally got a quarterback that's actually a real quarterback, not somebody starring as a quarterback who is absolute trash. Well, as far as the Niners are concerned, if I'm the Los Angeles Rams who absolutely demolished mm. uh, the Arizona Cardinals in the desert, and congratulations to Aaron Donald who, who picked up his 100th career sack. Yep. And another great thing about the, the 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 Rams defense, and props to Raheem Morris for this, 81 plays by the Arizona Cardinals. The Los Angeles Rams did not allow one touchdown the entire game for 81 plays. Mm. Imagine that. Now, the offense needs to get cooking because I have not been impressed with the Rams offense in the last three weeks. We know what happened. They got they got annihilated on Thursday night football in week one. Obviously, week two was suspect. They need to be found under investigation for that offense, allowing the Atlanta Falcons of all teams to come back <laughs> on you. And thank God for Jalen Ramsey stepping in and getting that interception or the, the Rams will probably be one and two at this point instead of for two and once, one. And then they, for once, finally, he stepped up. Hey, a step up is a step up, and they and 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 people don't understand when you're the Super Bowl champs, you got a bullseye on your back, mm -hmm. so everybody's going to play you much harder, especially teams within your division. Hell yeah. They're going to play you harder, and these and and the Rams are going to have more grind out wins versus not. Now watch next week on Monday Night Football, your boy Jimmy G. Ari Rose is going to have to be on Monday Night Football, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Niners end up beating the Rams at some point. It wouldn't surprise me if the Rams beat the Niners. I think that's going to be two heavyweights going at it. I'm just saying, like like this. I, I hope there's enough room in the end zone for Jimmy G to be able to, you know. You know what? <laughs> Who the safety pick fumble like? What else did you not do? Almost three turnovers. Like uh, the only thing they didn't do was win. That's what happened. <laughs> okay, all right, moving on. Is it time for a break yet, Jake? <laughs> oh no, the break. The the the, the break. Unfortunately, is the fact that y'all listen. Forty Nine fans have been praying for Jimmy G to to return to yep. the surface for a week. Got that, what you, you wanted. You all in Forty Nine land did not appreciate Trey Lance. You, you, and, and again, I didn't think Trey Lance was ready personally mm -hmm. because 
my question is, can he still read a defense? Is he able to not overthrow his receivers? I still didn't think the the, the level of com- the level of comfort was there when he was coming to his receivers, and being able to be able to read certain things on the field to be able to get the ball off in time for him to not overthrow or underthrow his receivers. I mean, that was some of the complaints that he was getting in training camp and preseason. So to me, I'm like, you can't rush this kid. Everybody's trying to rush this kid. And then when he makes mistakes, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Well, what did you expect? Right. And, 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 and then re-signing Jimmy G with a no trade clause told me a whole hell of a lot that they weren't ready for Trey Lance to step up. They came to public pressure and say, oh, we need Trey Lance right now. Knowing full well, Shanahan knew it. The entire staff knew it that Trey Lance wasn't ready. And unfortunately, he got injured. So we won't even we, we didn't even get a sample size of what he could have been because he, they came to public pressure trying to put Trey Lance out there, Trey Area, as he's most commonly known in the, in the Bay Area. And he wasn't ready. It's just that simple. And the, like I said, the Rams are going to win a division. Watch. Is it break time yet? <laughs> nope. Not for you. But for, the, but for the audience listening, make sure you stay tuned because on the other side of the break, we have a very special guest, NBA insider and reporter from Bally Sports. Brandon Scoop B. Robinson gives us the breakdown on what's going on exactly in Boston, the aftermath of that, and, uh, and other news and notes around the NBA as we are in media day week for several teams in the NBA. You're checking out the NH Experience here on SiriusXM, Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see why it's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, 
you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn stronger because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction see if you're always winning then you don't really understand what it is to win you, you got to take those losses you got to take those hits there's got to be the valleys the peaks the ups the downs in order for you to when it does happen you go wow you know this is what it's all about on behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go! This is Tua Tungo Bailoa. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker ever. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM, yeah! Welcome back to the NH Experience here on SiriusXM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you check me out on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA, as well as on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213, as well as check out Ari Rose on all social media platforms. And my man, producer extraordinaire, Jake Warner at Big Brother Jake on all social media platforms. Now, NBA is back. We know we got Media Day weeks, a week, I should say, in going on as we speak. And to help us break down everything that's been going on around the NBA, which is one of the most controversial leagues as of late that has been happening, I had to bring in an expert. My guy, NBA insider, does a great job for Bally Sports and the host of the Scoop B Radio podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Brandon, Scoop B Robinson. What's going on, man? How you doing? Brother, I'm maintaining. Hey, all. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. Of course. Of course. Thanks for having me. No, man, appreciate you. I know you're one of the busiest guys in sports, so I wanted to get down right to it. Now, we know what what went on in Boston with the Boston Celtics as far as their organization, but I want to ask you from the player standpoint, how do guys in the locker room deal with this, and then what do you feel like the aftermath is going to be? Because you know this is going to be looming over them, especially with media day coming up, obviously with the preseason and then going into the regular season. How do they adjust to this, and how do they react to this, and have you heard anything? Well, the good thing about the interim head coach uh, the Boston Celtics have is that uh, he's been within that system since uh, Brad Stevens was the head coach. And, of course, Brad is now in the front office role with the Boston Celtics. Um, I, I watched him a little bit during the finals uh, 
while I was out there back and forth between San Francisco and Boston. And it is a level of connectivity um, that there, that is there. Um, I, I would imagine that the system would still be the same, particularly uh, from Ime Udoka's defensive philosophy, um, albeit whatever has gone on. Uh, over in Boston, the one thing you can't deny is Boston's connectivity from a defensive perspective, um, as well as um, their two stars in Tatum and Jalen Brown knowing their roles uh, on the team. And I think one thing that was a little bit disappointing for me, um, aside from all the stuff that went on uh, that was front page news, was um, I-, I was a little surprised that Damon Stoudemire was not uh, considered more uh, in a potential interim head coaching um discussions and I've heard that from a few different people uh both tied to Boston um and also just around the league um Damon Stoudemire of course um is somebody that is very well respected uh played in the NBA for years both in Portland and in Toronto with the Raptors but uh nonetheless um there there are definitely uh people who believe that Boston can still be competitive um, and and then it'll be interesting to see um, from folks that I've spoken with will, if whether they'd add an additional assistant coach. Uh, a name that rings bells like Sundays at twelve o'clock is former Los Angeles Lakers uh, head coach uh, Frank Vogel, um, who um, you know is not a bad coach. Just you know the system in Los Angeles was what it was, but you know a guy with championship experience um, and a guy that you know can kind of guide. Uh, certain guys within that coaching staff. Um, you you see it a lot of times with first year head coaches like Steve Nash in year one. You you had um, Mike D'Antoni who was who was a, a a coach on on Steve Nash's bench. You saw it last year with um, with the Pelicans uh, when D'Antoni you know was was part of uh, that 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 uh, coaching staff as well. So we'll see. Well, Scoop B, I wanted to follow up really quick if I could. You talk about just the interim head coach, and obviously it's going to be a slightly dis- different philosophy because it's obviously a different person. But when you look at these players, when you look at guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, who have been there and obviously dealt with other coaches, but they seem to really gravitate towards Ime Udoka uh, as far as his philosophy. The way, obviously, he took them to the NBA Finals within two games of actually winning a chip. Um from a player's perspective, these guys are still human. Obviously, they're still dealing with things. The organization's still dealing with things, which is going to be looming for quite some time. How do they get past this mentally to be able to lock in and still focus on playing these games that are obviously going to be important as they try to make their run back to the NBA Finals through the Eastern Conference? Well, the one thing I can say specifically to your question is that they had a head start. While that became news to many people last week, um, the Celtics were keenly aware both the organization as well as the players were keenly aware to what was going on uh, many days before. I can't give you a timeline, but I can say more than two um, before it became a national or international new spectacle. Um, and you're right. Ime Udoka had a connectivity to not just Tatum, but also Marcus Smart. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they were on the USA select team and uh, Ime, you know, was very connected to them and, 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 and really and truly build a bond with them. But, um, specifically to your question, I, I think um, I think there is such a thing as media speak and player speak, and finding some way to translate that in between somehow. Um, and as as us as, as as conduits between the fan and the, and the players, um, the one thing that I I've learned through this and, and any other type of controversy or just adversity um, is that athletes uh, are when the lights are on, it's time to perform. And so I think you 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 figure it out just like you would if. Um, your lights are off and you use candles. Um, I, I think ultimately it comes down to just getting on the floor and play. I mean, it is, we're not talking about a, 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 the 15th 
worst team in the NBA in the Eastern Conference. We're talking about the the reigning NBA Eastern Conference champs in the Boston Celtics. Um, and I, I, I think the adversity literally, if if Boston is their first name and Celtics is their last name, adversity is clearly their middle name. Um, because when you look at just the, the the point in which they got to, to the finals, it was surely the road less traveled. Everybody named Brooklyn and everybody named Philadelphia was the favorites to many, even, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks. And so when you look at Boston, just where they got from here to now, I remember Al Horford, the Celtics telling me during the finals that, you know, there was a game in Philadelphia where things just clicked for them. Um, and, and they just started clicking on cylinders. This was like, I think right be either right before the all-star game or right before the all-star break, I guess that's the same thing. But the point I'm, the point I'm, I'm, st- I'm stating is um, you, you don't, you don't forget how to drive a car. You don't forget how to swipe your Metro card in New York. Ultimately it comes down to just getting on the floor and, 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 and enduring an 82 game season. Well, and that's one of the things I'm a big believer that like what happens at home happens at home, leave that at home. When you go to work, you don't take those problems with you. I know you're on the road with a lot of these players. How often does this really happen where it starts affecting the whole team and the, you know, just all the players? Is it something that happens a lot or did this just catch wind? So I think the email Udoka situation, if that's what you're referring to, I, I think that's more of a uh, at work situation. Right. Maybe crying is at home. Um, and I think one thing I know about basketball players in particular is a lot of them feel as though the basketball court is their solace from uh, home stuff. You can't pick up your phone. Um, your family can't nag you. Your baby's not crying. Your wife or your girlfriend aren't nagging. So I, I feel like, you know, for some people, basketball is 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 um, their, ther- their weekly therapy session with their therapist. Um, basketball is it fulfills a void. It's, it's, I mean, I I think, you know, basketball for many athletes was their hobby in high school and grade school. And then it becomes their job. That's why Michael Jordan ultimately uh, began to play golf because golf became a hobby and replaced what basketball was. So I I think specifically to answer your question, I I think ultimately um, you have 82 games to figure it out. And it's funny. um, I I was, I had dinner with a colleague of mine, um, over the weekend after the Washington Wizards media day. And they said to me, you know, when watching Wizards basketball, you have to give it the first 20 games of the season to kind of figure out what they're going to be. And I think that's so prophetic because I think that's most teams in the NBA, not just the Wizards. I think it's, you, you feel things out for the first 20 games. And then that puts you what? If, if it's the first, if the season starts the 18th of October, the first 20 games will probably get you to around Thanksgiving. And then once you get to Thanksgiving, then you get to Christmas. And then from Christmas to Valentine's Day. And then with Valentine's Day, that's the halfway point. When you come back from the All-Star break, you got the rest of the season. And then if you make the playoffs, you make those adjustments. Like those April 13, 14, 15 games towards the end is kind of making those adjustments for the playoffs. So I think you know, ultimately for the Celtics, um, I think their their interim head coach is not a bad position to be in, particularly because you know the the, the cake has been made. All you got to do is put the candle in the icing. Well, I know post COVID, blowing on candles is kind of taboo, <laughs> but I think ultimately, I think you know you still want that good icing. You 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 want to you know present a good cake so you can post right. it on the gram. So here we are. <laughs> so, so school, here's my thing. You know this kind of stuff with you know what has happened with the Celtics has transpired in all types of workplaces. In your opinion, do you think an entire season is way too much to be punished for something that was consensual between two adults? 
there's more to the story than there was being reported. Oh, really? <laughs> well, you got the on scoop, that note. <laughs> on that note, let me ask you this, Scoop. I mean, obviously, there's been the news about Jay Crowder and Jay Crowder and, and his, and they've agreed to come to training camp. But obviously, there's still him and his 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 people are trying to work out a trade between himself and the Phoenix Suns. What are you hearing about Jay Crowder? What are some potential destination spots that you can see Jay Crowder going to with this trade if it happens? Um, any iteration of the New York Knicks uh, and the Brooklyn Nets, but I, I, I think with the Nets. I'm leery because I don't really think you should give up Sumner um, in order to get him. Um, and I don't think you should give up your point guard. I know some people have, have asked me on social media, what about Seth Curry? You don't give up your shooters. Um, so when you look at the Knicks, I know Julius Randle's name is, has, has, has shined bright like a diamond. And, 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 and a lot of people have in New York and Manhattan specifically um, have been uh, calling for Randall ever since he said some things about Knicks fans and social, or rather in a press conference that found its way to social media and everybody was talking. Um, but I, I don't think you give up Julius Randall um, for the, you know, for, for Jay Crowder, because, um, you know, ultimately when I look at Jay Crowder and what he brings to, to a team, um, I think he brings the mental toughness and tenacity. Um, if, 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 if I was Nas and I was remixing, if I ruled the world, um, I'd look at teams like the Boston Celtics, um, I know that Rudy Gay was someone that many people thought that there were a Celtics target. And I think Jay Crowder would solve two things, specifically with Danilo Gallinari's ultimate ACL tear. Uh, Carmelo Anthony's name is someone that that is that has uh, been talked about in NBA circles. Um, but I think when you look at what the Celtics miss and not having Danilo Gallinari, I think Jay Crowder would make perfect sense. Um, I think the Chicago Bulls would make perfect sense. I think when you look at the Bulls, um, I like Zach. I like Lonzo. I like um, I like Vooch. I like all those guys. But I feel like um, adding Andre Drummond doesn't scare me. Uh, Jay Crowder does. Um, when I look at the Miami Heat, I think he'd be a perfect fit there. Um, I just think there's certain teams that this fit. I think he's a ball player. I think you look at certain guys, they're 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 fits. Um, you look at, you know, I was just at the Wizards media day as I mentioned. I look at. Um, Taj Gibson, he's a guy that's tough. He's a guy that, you know, been around for a while. You you look to fill certain roles. You know, uh, Taj took less money to play in Washington than he did to, to, to resign with the Knicks. Um, but, you know, when you look at Jay Crowder, I think he wants to win a championship, but I also think he wants to be on a team. I think the Phoenix Sun situation has run its course. Um, I think people think it's just because of Sarver. I think it's – I know it's deeper than that. I think it's just a chemistry issue, um, and, and it's time to go. Um, but I, I think those teams that I name uh, would make perfect sense, the Knicks, the Heat, the Celtics, the Bulls. What are you seeing uh, after going to Clippers and Lakers media day, which was on, which were on Monday? Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers look very deep. I mean, they look like a, if they can remain healthy, they look like a very scary team, especially in the Western Conference. That's pretty, still pretty loaded. Uh, what do you see if if all things are healthy and pointing in the right direction? What do you see from the LA Clippers? And then what do you see from this Lakers squad? Because I think it's a it's a bunch of you know stuff thrown against the wall and hoping it sticks. But maybe I, I'm missing something. So for the Clippers, um, I like their team, particularly if healthy. Um, Terrence Mann reminded me over the summer um, when we did our sit down that this is the first time that he can remember uh, since he's been on this organizational uh, squad that, you know, you've had a healthy Paul George and a healthy Kawhi Leonard. And then you had uh, John Wall to the pot. Um, John, you know, he and I have spoken off and on during the summer and, you know, he's excited to get things moving and grooving. And 
Um, you know, we really, I think we have to retemper expectations for John Wall because I think the last time we saw John Wall as a dynamic player, we saw him in Washington. Um, and, you know, injuries happen, contract issues with the Houston Rockets happen. And we got to kind of retemper those expectations. And I think the good thing about John Wall is he doesn't have to be the John Wall of old in order to be successful. Um, one of the things that I think that the Clippers were missing was a dominant point guard. And, you know, I, I can tell you over the summer that, you know, the, the Clippers were a team that, you know, Kyrie Irving and his team were pondering uh, this past offseason. And, you know, ultimately now he doesn't fit because Wall is there. But I think Wall is not only making himself look attractive to teams and allowing me to re allowing himself to reintroduce himself uh, to a national audience. But I think that Kawhi Leonard has help uh, as, as with a deep scorer, a guy that still commands a double team. Paul George still commands a double team. And you've seen glimpses and iterations of Wall or rather uh, Kawhi and George not being on the court together and in the playoffs and you and you've seen that they were you know ten, they were they were vigilant and the tenacity was there so i think the clippers um, have the chance uh, to be a candidate to represent the western conference in the nba finals as do the golden state warriors uh and and right down the hall of the los angeles lakers um i think there is a collection of players i'm not sure of fit right now um, but i do know this um, the pressure is on anthony davis to be healthy all season um, or, or at least for, for more than half of the season. Um, and I think that um, when you look at this this Lakers team, I think you are going to see in some aspects the passing of the torch from LeBron to AD as the focal point within uh, Darvin Ham's system. Uh, I think one thing from folks within the Lakers organization have shared with me is that um, you really didn't get a chance to see the true Lakers team that they were because from the start, uh, they were a calamity. Um, the minute you, you put um, the key in the engine, uh, it was the engine was coughing and we had to call AAA. COVID uh, was a thing. Uh, injuries were a thing. Any person named Trevor Ariza or Malik Monk or, you know, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, they were on the church's sick and shut-in list. And so this, this, this season coming in, um, you know, I, I think they have a chance to be delivered, healed, and at least make a chance. To, I think they're not, they're not necessarily a playing team. I, I think they can be a fifth seeded team. I, I don't think that's out the question. Uh, but I think it also comes down to health. I think that their their new head coach uh, and his coaching philosophy and kind of letting players be them is something that was lacking with Vogel. Um, I don't have a problem with Frank Vogel. He's always been gracious with me. Um, but I, I think that certain times when players are not or coaches have not played, the energy is different with their players. And I think Darvin Ham is somebody that's going to get the most out of them because he's going to allow players to be them within a system. And then, you know, you you have a, a assistant coaching staff that that is supportive of of them. So I, I do think that the the Lakers will do will do better than what people think they will do. So I have to respectfully disagree with you, but um, everybody's zero zero. So everybody's tanned. Everybody gained 10 pounds of muscle in media day. Um, and, and we're looking at the new jerseys that everybody's wearing, but ultimately the proof is in the pudding on the court. Yeah. All eyes will definitely be on Darvin Hammond his first year as Lakers head coach, uh, as they can prepare for the season along with the LA Clippers and Ty Lue, my man, Brandon Scooby Robinson, Valley sports, NBA insider, always keeping us in the loop on the latest and greatest of what's going on around the association thank you so much sir appreciate your time and we'll definitely have you on later on in the season thanks for having me thank you for the opportunity yeah. to be myself
Always. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into who is going to really be performing at Super Bowl. And this oh, yeah. is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Is at it again, insulting the OGs. We'll there are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. 
On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Yo, what's up? This is Tua Tungo Bailoa. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. All right, welcome back. NX Experience, final segment of the show. Nick Hamilton, Ari Rose, producer extraordinaire, Jake Warner. Back in the house. Uh... So thanks a lot to our special guest, Brandon Scoopy Robinson of Valley Sports. If you missed any portion of the broadcast, make sure you go back, download, subscribe to us on all of the streaming platforms. Definitely want to tap into that. Moving forward, we talk about economic inclusion. We talk about uh, diversity and equity. But I will have to talk about this particular subject because it is a personal uh, it hits home, and, and I, I think all of us, it hits home for all of us, eyes, maybe in a slightly different way, but especially uh, for me, because I have something that I've been fighting for, and I'm sure Ari's been fighting for when it comes to having more uh, Latino media, obviously Latino women uh, in media, as far as having you know their voices heard. I've been fighting for more uh, black media and other media of color as well uh, to have a voice and opportunity to be represented whether it's on the carpet, whether it's at a film premiere, entertainment, sports, uh, digital tech, whatever it may be. And it's interesting because I was supposed to be at Lakers media day. I got denied. Not only did I get denied, but there were a few other black owned media outlets that got denied from coming to media day. And the excuse was, Oh, we don't have enough room, which is a complete crock. The reason why I say it's a complete crock, because I've been to the UCLA health training facility in El Segundo where the Lakers practice and where they had a media day on Monday. That place is not an elementary school cafeteria. There is plenty of room to have to house the media on media day and the fact that you don't give us the respect that we have earned, the work and the timing that we have earned to be there. This is not our first merry-go-round. I've been covering the Lakers personally for five years. There was another gentleman uh, that owns a Black-owned media outlet that's covered the Lakers for 17 years. Wow. There's no reason why we should be denied to come to media day. This is not saying, hey, can we come to a game or we come to some special event that the Lakers are hosting? This is media day. This is an opportunity for us to try to get to the players, build those relationships, and then the NBA comes out with their memo saying there's a tier one, tier two, tier three, meaning there's a separation between tier one, tier two, meaning if you're not a major media outlet, or if you're not traveling with the team, you're not going to have permitted access to get into the locker rooms after games, which in media, that is our opportunity to build relationships with various players to be in the locker room since we were not able to be in the locker room for the last two years due to COVID protocols, which were understood. When you limit us from getting that access to those players, how the hell are we going to be able to build relationships and get the stories? We don't want to remix other people's stories. We have audiences that are from the black community, other communities of color that matter, that want to know different aspects of the game. We don't just do X's and O's. That's what you go to ESPN for, Fox Sports, NBC, whatever those areas for, for X's and O's. When you want analysis, when you want a different perspective, whether these players are out in the various communities, whether they're doing stuff, whether they're connecting with other entertainers, whatever the stuff is on the court as well as off the court, that is what we cover. That is our importance for the most part. So to deny us opportunities from covering 
the NBA, the league as a whole, and putting these on these ridiculous tier systems is absolutely absurd to me. And it's absolutely discriminatory because you are discriminating against black owned media outlets, media outlets of color and freelance media from allowing us to get the same scoops. And we are just as important as the L.A. Times, the New York Times, whatever major media outlet that is out there. And for you to subsequently invoke these types of in infractions against us, it's absolutely absurd and discriminatory. And the only thing that's going to change it is going the legal route. And you, when you push the envelope when it comes to economics and affecting a company or entity's bottom line, that is the only time they pay attention. And until we start doing that, these things will continue to happen and continue to get progressively worse, unfortunately. And when I say that to say, I agree with this next segment because Byron Allen is suing McDonald's for not, not spending money on advertising with black media. He is saying... And I and I I'll get this and I'll get your reaction, Ari, because I know, like I said, you've been heavily involved with this as well. Byron Allen says McDonald's only spends five million dollars of its one point six billion with a B advertising budget on black owned media, which allowed him uh, to sue the fast food chain for ten billion dollars. Jesus, that's insane. So here's my thing, right? It's like. I think I have questions. Obviously, yes, I'm a big advocate for like, hey, if you're going to spend $10 million on this, spend $10 million on this. It needs to be dispersed properly. My question is, I know that McDonald's is more of a real estate company, right? Mm -hmm. Like they buy the properties and they lease these things out, blah, 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 right? We've heard the stories of it. Um, I know that some of these companies even though they're franchised, they have individual budgets. They're individually owned and operated. Mm -hmm. I think my question is, is there like a hub of McDonald's that dictates where everyone needs to be allocating their money or is it an individual thing? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Well, it's corporation because the corporation has a board of governors or board of directors, I should say. And so they have to allocate so much, so much money towards advertising with this group of people advertising with this community here advertising with that but entity saying, over there but what i'm saying is like for example okay i'm, I'm comparing with another company like dry bar okay mm -hmm. where these women blowouts the dry bar it's there's dry bars everywhere it's a franchise but there's no corporation like everyone is individually owned so mm -hmm. that's what i'm trying to get at is it like they're all corporation but they're just like franchises or is it that everybody in there is a separate owner and decides where they want to allocate that money to? No, it's still, even though you have franchising, they're still governed by McDonald's rules, which means you have to, McDonald's, the so corporation. That's why they're being able to be sued. Exactly, because they're, they allocate so many funds, just like any other, whether it's Nike, whether it's Adidas, whether it's whatever. They, exactly, they allocate so, much fun, so many funds per year for advertising who they're going to advertise with and the problem is a lot of these corporations don't advertise with black owned media and we get one percent of the media budget when we should be when we should be getting at least ten percent of the media budget because the overall media budget when you put these corporations together averages about 323 billion dollars so imagine if black owned media got ten percent of 323 billion dollars I mean, where, where is the solution in it, right? I just feel like it's so unfortunate because we can go in circles and it's like these topics is like a dog chasing the tail. It's like, where does it end? When? How do we fix it? 
you fix it. I think Byron Allen's doing the right thing. You have to you have to speak truth to power, meaning you have to sue and get into the, their pockets. That's the only reason why they're paying attention. Just like with the we talked about the Robert Sarver situation. The only reason why Robert Sarver is leaving is not because the NBA wants to do something good and this is the kindness of his heart. It's because PayPal and other corporations have put pressure on the NBA to say, look, we're not going to tolerate this. If you don't get this guy out of here, we're no longer going to support your league, which means we're going to pull revenue and economic base out of your league. And along with the players speaking up, along with the minority owners speaking up and saying, look, this guy's got to get out of here. There was a lot of public pressure and economic pressure that allowed Robert Sarver to say, okay, look, you got to step down. You got to put this team up for self, the Suns and the Mercury. And that's the only way it's going to happen. That's why I said earlier, if we want change, unfortunately, we're going to have to band together and, and form some type of lawsuit against te- you know, entities like that. But also some of these PR companies that are culturally clueless that ban us from getting opportunity and access to be on these carpets or be in these, these events or these premieres. We're going to have to start legally taking action against these discriminatory and racist practices because until we start doing that it's not going to change but and i think beyond that it's like it's being able to be in a higher position and lean down and help the next person that's building up right because like you're a smaller company or whatever you want a smaller media Mm -hmm. outlet that's trying to grow that's very passionate about what he does and your company is very passionate about what you guys report and where you guys go um and so I feel like it's a it sucks that like you get shut out when your your heart is in it and this is your passion and this is your dream and it's like these bigger corporations need to look at that as well not just from a perspective of of course not to label it what it is but you know racism or whatever you want to call it or you know uh whatever right there's a million ways to to label it but just as in a standpoint of like let's help the smaller companies build up let's see if Nick Hamilton's media company can become the next Fox Sports. Like, how do you ever get to that if people aren't lending a helping hand down? And that's that you're absolutely right. So, I I mean, that sorry to cut you off, but that takes us almost into what LL Cool J was talking about with with uh, what's his name? DJ Academics. Academics. Well, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because Jay got some stuff cooking on the burner. What do you have this week? There we go. It's always something to talk about. Let's check out the Moments Brunch. What's cooking this week, guys? All right. (laughs) I can't stand this guy, by the way. DJ Academics made some very controversial comments regarding the pioneers of hip-hop, calling them broke and dusty. LL Cool J responded back via his IG, and this is what he said. Why are the folks like Academics so disrespectful to the forefathers of the culture? You know, go ahead, Nick. No, no, ladies first, please, always. (laughs) You know, I just think society had, like, I don't know what this new generation, and and I'm not saying everybody, but where is their respect? Where is the humility? You know, LL Cool J said it best in his speech. It's like, move with humility in the industry. You have to move with grace and have respect for the people that have done it before you that i've opened the doors before you that was nice ari because i'm not gonna be as nice um first and foremost why are we still paying attention to this jerry mouse looking bastard that, that absolutely has, inf- has infiltrated the culture in such a negative way 
Uh, number two, DJ Wackademics has no has doesn't ha- doesn't have enough equity to speak LL Cool J, Kumo D, Big Daddy Kane, Russell Simmons, um, any of the you know DJ Cool Herc, any of the forefathers. Even you know on the West Coast when you look at Toddy T, Mixed Master Spade, Ice T, um, NWA, uh, Easy E. You don't. I mean, even if you go down south with Master P. You look at Jay Prince and what he's been able to accomplish and start and really give buzz to the South uh, with rap a lot and, and countless others. Um, you don't have enough equity to speak their name. So for you to sit up here and ultimately disrespect people like LL Cool J, who's still relevant, by the way, who's been able to reinvent himself into the acting world, who's doing a, a fantastic mm-hmm. job in the acting world. The man created Rock the Bells, which is a, a salute and homage to the OGs and the pioneers, along with, you know, current stuff as well because he did he did recently the rock the bells festival and he supports a lot like he said he supports a lot of the younger artists um and other guys have done it as well um so i think this is just something that continues we have to start learning respect you mentioned Ari humility we got to start learning respect and paying homage to every other genre in music pays respect to their ogs sorry i just wanted to say uh... Go ahead, Jake. I also think that the OGs kind of need to reach out a little more, too. I mean, Wackademics, which I like the name, he's wrong. He's clout chasing. That's all he's doing. He's getting reactions from everybody. So that's what he does. He's always been that way. But I also feel the OGs need to put a hand out, too. Because how else, you know, each one teach one, you know? Just like with black media not getting, you know, love from other people, people got to put their hands out and help and educate the youth. And I think that's what is missing with hip-hop you don't see rock stars getting dissed you know these guys are doing reunion tours in their 70s okay in hip-hop ageism is so bad and and, and a lot of it's the og's fault because they're oh i don't like that music it sucks instead of putting a hand out that's just my two cents though yeah no but it's like and that's what i did love about lo cool j if you guys have time and you're you're listening to this right now after you get off this show go to lo cool j he went on live it was about six minutes but what i did like about his thing and i quote him he says if you don't have money he says the worst thing the worst idea is if you don't have money you don't have value and that is what something that society continues to try and teach us and push down our throat that if you're not flossing if you're not shining bright if you're not living in a big house or driving a bentley or a maserati you don't got that birkin bag you don't have value and so a lot of people this is why there's so many killings going back to our conversation from last week over robberies over materialism over things like that because there's people are starting to feel that if you don't have the fancy stuff the shiny stuff the new purse the the hottest whatever you don't have value and and having people like ll cool j these og that have lived it that are older just preaching that and talking about that, it, it opens your mind to a different standard, to a different type of living. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So on to something that's way different from what we're just talking about. Jeffrey Dahmer's Netflix series. How do you feel about it? Should the families have to relive this? Netflix didn't ask the families for permission, so many mentally unstable people should <laughs> were enabling them. Is this enabling? I think it's enabling. But what do y'all think? I think it's enabling. Yes. People are freaking crazy now. Like you need to give lunatics a, another idea of how to kill people <laughs> or how to eat people, how to. People like, with deep fryer jokes now. Like, come on, man. Like. But it's it's y'all fault. It's y'all's fault. Who, who is y'all? 
it's everybody in it's society's fault. And the reason why I say that is because look what opened the door. First 48, right? <laughs> the, 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 all these investigative shows, because people are nosy and they're intrigued by gore. They're intrigued by negativity. They're intrigued by, I mean, look at the, look at the, the previous, look at the previous, uh, uh, you know, series that they put out about the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. Oh. And we know the terror, if you were in L.A., yeah. you know the terror that he caused at that time back in the 80s, right? You look at Ted Bundy. They had a series on Ted Bundy. I mean, they've had series on, like, former mafia people, right? Sammy the Bull gets an interview. Like, all these other people get in. We're mm-hmm. all intrigued and engulfed by, oh, man, we want to see, we, 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 we want to see this, we want to see that. So why wouldn't Netflix put out a documentary on Jeffrey Dahmer, if it wasn't a a, a, a lane for it, Look, that's all I'm saying. Watching it with one eye closed, one eye open. See, you still watched it. I like it. That's what I'm saying. And I'm seeing him eat people, and I'm just like, Ugh, but I got like one eye, like, oh my god, is he really gonna eat his arm? Oh shit, he ate the arm, like. <laughs> such a huge sensation with millions and millions of people watching it you know i think it sucks for the family to have to relive that just like you said all the memes the friars all of that stuff can you imagine like that's your brother or your son yeah. or your, whatever that went through that and they making fun of putting his arm in a fryer yeah exactly and that's, that's like, utter mm, nonsense that's- and you know i'm not i'm not with it but what i am with <laughs> what i am with is rihanna She's scheduled to rock the Super Bowl in the desert in 2023. Is this the right call? And are you surprised she had to change her heart to perform? Why would it not be the right call? She's Rihanna. Better than Taylor Swift. I'll say that much. That's just me, though. I agree with you 100%, Jake. (laughs) Well, I was a little surprised that she was going to perform because, remember, she had had boycotted her performance due to Colin Kaepernick being blackballed from the NFL. And she said she was not going to perform at a Super Bowl halftime show or have anything to do with the NFL. But I think a large portion has to do with Jay-Z's influence and the Rock Nation influence as far as Jesse Collins Entertainment, who also produces the halftime shows. Um I think that that's 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 probably a major influence, but damn it, you're gonna have to top what happened this past year because yeah. Dr. Dre and Snoop in uh, L.A. and what they did, Rihanna, Emmy you got award, your work cut out for Emmy you. award winning too. So yeah, she does have her work cut out for her, and that's the moment's brunch. All right, really quick, uh, Rashawn Slater is going to be out for the season for the Los Angeles oh, Chargers, no. suffered a torn bicep. Oh. So another 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 one. As they say, yeah. really quickly, did you guys see this real quick? Shannon uh, Sharp, who's obviously on FS1's Undisputed, <laughs> uh, uh, got mad at Jared Judy because Jared Judy apparently dropped the pass. Now we know incredibly talented Jared Judy is, right? So he says Judy does all his route running in the offseason and can't catch an effing pass. To which Jared Judy responded. And you be doing all that talking during the season while your breath be smelling like ass. <laughs> Great clapback. Great clapback. Well deserved. Well deserved. And we will end this show on that note. <laughs> By the way, Jared Judy did delete the tweet later on, but obviously many people picked it's it up. Media, once it's out, it's out. <laughs> the internet is Can't forever. Put- 
Can't put the crap back in the horse. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the NH Experience. If you missed any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download, subscribe to us on all the streaming platforms for free 99. That's iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, all over Google Play, all over the place. Thanks to our special guest, Brandon Scooby Robinson from Valley Sports. Also, I'd like to thank all of you, everybody at SiriusXM, Slam Radio, Nightcast Media, Ari Rose, Jake Warner, producer extraordinaire. I'm yours truly, Nick Hamilton. The best 60 minutes of your week has now concluded. Until next time, stay sharp, take care. We in a win like paper planes, y'all.